So the first thing that we would recommend that anyone does is sit down and get a one month set of their living expenses in what we would call a stability fund. And we say one month as a bare minimum. You don't wanna just have $500 in your quote unquote savings or emergency fund. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode, we're talking about the four steps that we recommend to pursue your true life's purpose. That's right, Leo. There's a lot of great organizations and thought leaders out there who have created steps or roadmaps and financial maps. Uh, and so as we looked at all of our financial advice that we've given over the last 70 plus episodes, mm-hmm. we began to see some trends and some things that really define our philosophy on what a four-step journey would be to purposeful living. And so we look at things like what Dave Ramsey's done with the seven baby steps, Crown Financial's got their money map, uh, Gateway Stewardship has the financial roadmap, Joshua Sheets with Radical Personal Finance has the five pillars of finance. Mm -hmm. Well, we are going to share with you today the four steps to purposeful living. And these are four financial steps to purposeful living. And I think that's a big key here. Yeah, David. And the reason we are not just talking about four financial steps, but about purposeful living is because that's really our mission. Our mission is not just to help people get their finances in order and have a bunch of money at the end of their life so they can retire and play golf for the rest of their lives. We believe that being financially responsible and getting to a place where you're financially you know, set, where you don't have any needs, is a great goal. But that's not really ultimately the purpose of life. Right. Life is much more than just money. And that's why we call it Four Financial Steps to Purposeful Living. Yes, it's about finances, but it's so much more. Yeah, and you hear this every week in our tagline, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. Well, here are the four financial steps to pursue that purposeful living. So the first is to spend on purpose. Spend on purpose. (laughs) Spend on purpose. So we are always going to recommend that you spend on purpose so you can know where you are. Yes. What's number two, Leo? Number two is save before you spend. And this is really important because what we're always going to recommend is that you save before you spend so you experience stability today and in the future. Number three is that you would increase your financial margin. So we always recommend that you increase that financial margin to pursue your true life's purpose. And four is invest wisely. We always recommend that you invest wisely to increase your overall impact. So let's go ahead and go through those four to spend on purpose, to save before you spend, to increase your financial margin, and to invest wisely over time. Let's break down those four things, what they look like, and what are some of the sub points inside of each one. Mm. So let's start with number one, spend on purpose. And some of the subcategories in here are live on a written plan, track your expenses, and then focus on net worth. So first, live on a written plan. We've talked about the fact that what we promote is having a yearly plan that's managed monthly. A budget is a yearly plan, but we manage it monthly because everything in our life is based on a monthly cycle for the most part. Also, that your spending plan is categorized, meaning that you use different categories of spending, which makes it easier to manage overall. And third is that you have unity with your spouse. If you're married, it's crucially important that you realize that you and your spouse have to be one when it comes to every decision that you make. So having and living on a written plan is part of spending on purpose. That's the only way that you really can do it. 
Yeah, well, and we talk about having a yearly plan that's managed monthly. The easiest way to do that is just to download the budget that you've created, the yearly budget on leosabo.com under resources. And what it does when you plug in your budget and your written plan, your spending on purpose, step Mm -hmm. number one, when you write it out for the first month, it actually moves over and automatically populates the next months. So now you're looking at a full year. Now, as you go through and you manage it monthly, each month it's going to shift a little bit. It's not always going to be perfectly the same every month, but when you type it in for the first time, it auto-populates the whole year. So you have a year-long plan Mm -hmm. and then you manage it monthly. So you see the changes occur in real time. And this is why it's so important that you track your expenses. Mm -hmm. So we're going to always recommend that you start by daily tracking your expenses. Uh, You can do that via pen and paper. Uh, Ashley and I do that with receipts. So we actually still get receipts everywhere that we go. And when they say, would you like a receipt with that? I say, yes, Yes. I'd love a receipt with that. (laughs) And so I do that at the movie theater. I do it at the gas station, at the pump, even when the pump is just like digitally saying, do you want a receipt? And I'm verbally saying, yes, I want a receipt with that. I'm right there with you. I do it at the bookstore, you know, everywhere. And so... It's important that you do this. We did it uh, daily, and now Ashley and I have moved to where it's probably every other week that we sit down and enter these in, sometimes Mm -hmm. once a month, but we still keep all those receipts and we track it, and that tracking, being aware of where we are. So the big point of step number one is to spend on purpose so you can know where you are. And this is part of that, tracking every receipt, tracking every expense. Uh, Leo, I know that you use some other softwares. Yeah, so I've used YNAB, Y-N-A-B. It stands for You Need a Budget. Uh, I've used this for literally probably about going on 10 years, I guess. And I absolutely love it because it does exactly what the spreadsheet that we've created, and that's on leosabo.com does. And that allows me to start each month with a set amount for each category. And then throughout the month, as I'm entering receipts, it tells me how much I've spent in that category. And last and most important, it tells me what my balance is. And those are three things that you have to know before you walk out the door to go buy anything or before you pull your credit card out or whatever form of payment you're using, you have to think about how much money do I have set aside for this expense this month? Right. Right. Not this year, but this month. And then second, how much have I spent already from this category? Yeah. And then third, how much do I have left? And really, more importantly, I need to know how much I have left. So for instance, today is Friday, and I'm going to take my wife out to dinner. So just as we're getting ready for this podcast, I looked at my budget, and I looked to see how much money it was in eating out, because I was going to take out to dinner, and then we're going to go to a movie. Yeah. So there's two categories for us. There's eating out, and then there's activities and recreation. So I looked at both of those and said, is there enough for us to do this? And there is. There's enough. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's enough for us to go to a sit-down, not expensive sit-down restaurant, have a decent meal, and then go to the movies and even have popcorn if we want to. Right. But my point is, it arms us with the knowledge of knowing exactly what we have. So before I step out the door, before I say yes to something, I know I'm going to stay within my budget. And that's crucial. Yeah. So once I've downloaded this yearly plan off the website, I begin to auto-populate and I begin to put in the budget and it puts together the year-long plan for me that I track my expenses. I can see every month what I have left over and it kind of rolls over into the next month. Mm -hmm. As I'm doing that, Then I'm going to take one step further back at the end of the year, and I'm going to create a net worth statement. And this net worth statement is going to show everything that I own minus everything that I owe. So Mm -hmm. it's typically called assets and liabilities. What are my assets? What do I have? What do I own? 
minus what do I owe someone else? So if I have a car that's worth $10,000 and I don't have any loan on it, then I have a $10,000 asset. Uh, if I have a car that is worth 10,000, but I have a $5,000 loan, then I have $10,000 in assets, but 5,000 in liabilities. So the net worth of that vehicle is 5,000 exactly. in the positive. So I'm going to actually do that for my whole financial life. And I'm going to go ahead and download again that tool from your website to go, okay, how do I look at my overall financial life today? And this is part of spend on purpose right. so you know where you are. Exactly. And if you do this every year and you look at it and you say, what do I have in savings? What do I have in my checking account? What do I have in my investments? What do I have in my physical assets like a home and a car mm -hmm. and uh, maybe some gold, jewelry, insurance policies, whatever that is. And then I look at what I owe, my mortgage, any personal loans, any student loans. Then I have one number at the end of every year that I can say, okay, this year I was here. Next year, I'm going to be here. The next year, I'm going to be here. And you can see where you're at in your financial journey. So Leo and I always start by saying, spend on purpose, have that plan in place so you can know where you are today. Yeah, that's excellent. Now, the next one is to save before you spend. So the first thing that we would recommend that anyone does is sit down and get a one month set of their living expenses in what we would call a stability fund. And we say one month as a bare minimum. You don't wanna just have $500 in your quote unquote savings or emergency fund. Leo and I would call this a one month of living expenses stability fund. You want to have stability because if you don't have that one month of expenses set aside, there's so many different things that can happen to you. So Leo, what are some things that you've seen? Yeah, so I, I see this all the time actually where people will get so gung-ho about getting their finances in order is that what they'll do is they'll say, okay, well, I, I just need to start attacking this debt. The debt is usually their biggest pain point. So what they want to do, what they think they need to do is get rid of the debt so that they can have more of their money back and then they can just continue on living. The problem is though, is that the debt wasn't really the issue to begin with, it was their spending, right? They normally don't have a plan, so because they don't have a plan, they're spending without having real purpose. They, they don't have an actual budget that tells them how much money they have set aside every month. So as they're spending, they usually run short in some area. They're not putting aside money for future expenses that are coming that don't happen every month. So the things we talked about all the time that a budget includes. And because they're not living on a plan, then what happens is their debt becomes part of how they get by. And the debt begins to rise. And then eventually what happens is they have so much debt that it's robbing more of their income. And pretty soon they can't make the minimum payments and meet all their obligations. So the reason we emphasize a stability fund is because it creates that stability to say, if something happens in my budget, and again, you have to have a budget first, but if something happens in my budget where let's say I've allocated a certain amount for car repairs, but then my repair is maybe $300 more than I actually have in my account in, in that particular category for maintenance or repair for the vehicle, then the stability fund is what allows you then to draw from that fund so that you can get through that expense. So now your stability fund goes down by $300, but then it's already built into the budget to replenish that fund. So the reason we call it a stability fund instead of an emergency fund, some people call it an emergency fund, we call it a stability fund, because not everything that's in there is an emergency. Right. It's not. 
Sometimes it is an emergency. Sometimes it is a medical situation. But many times it's just stuff that happens to us every single day. It's car repairs. It's things that they're not an emergency because I don't know that there are many car repair emergencies other than when you get into a crash. Everything right, else yeah. is it's maintenance. It's just part of owning a vehicle. So to me, the reason stability fund sounds better and it's more descriptive is that it allows you to continue to operate your budget in a very stable way. And then you do not end up going in the hole because you have the stability fund to lean on and then replenish later on. So it really does allow you to keep managing your budget, even when there's expenses that are beyond what the budget can handle on a month to month basis. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll get the question of, okay, so should I start by paying off debt or should I start by saving? Mm -hmm. Which ones comes first? You know, uh, what's more important? And I would always encourage that someone be doing both. Yeah. They've got to flex that muscle of saving. And that's why we say save before you spend, because if you don't have any margin, if you don't have anything set aside, then any amount of problem is going to lead you deeper and deeper into debt. Mm -hmm. And I would actually rather that you begin to create that financial margin in your own life and that stability, kind of like shock absorbers on a car, that when mm -hmm. you hit a bump, you don't just bottom out the car. It absorbs that shock and then you keep moving forward. And so we would recommend that you always have at least $150 going into savings. Right. Now that can flex a little bit based on your income. But I think increments of 50 is a great place to start. And yeah. 150 is a good thing to just say, okay, I'm going to always be setting aside 150 into savings. Well, it's, that's nearly $2,000 a year. It's $1,800 a year. Right. So if you think about you know, potentially a car repair or something going a little bit more expensive than what you originally planned, the chance of you pulling $2,000 from your savings account when your budget is set and it's running well. I'm not talking about a budget that's not been well-developed and hasn't been run for a while. Right. Because when you first start budgeting, you're going to run across expenses that are going to be higher than what you planned. So you got to give some time for your budget to be stable where you have all of your categories you know, pretty well set, you know, and this is because of tracking expenses and knowing that, okay, for a long time, we've been doing this $50 has been enough or 150 has been enough. And once you have that set, then you'll have a better understanding of how much money you need to set aside in this fund, because you'll know how much money you're pulling from it from time to time. And that allows you then to, to do it. But I think what David uh, recommended, the $50 based on income, obviously the higher in the income, maybe yeah. $300 a month. Right. Whereas the lower the income, the less you have to put in there. But at least $50 yeah. should be earmarked. Something should be always earmarked toward that fund. Now, I will say that once you fully fund that fund, now we're going to touch on that in a minute. We initially say we start with a one-month living expense in your stability fund. So let's say your monthly budget is $4,000. Once you get to $4,000, you can stop putting into that savings fund and you start putting more money toward debt and toward the other financial goals. But what if you dip into it $1,000? Then what do you do? Yeah, then you want to replenish it. And that's why you always have that exactly. 150 going in every month so it replenishes. Right. And within a few months, you're back up to the 4,000. And what I always say is have that category always in your budget and always set aside an 150 or so for it or whatever the amount for you happens to you know be necessary. But once you put that in there, if you reach your top, meaning you fully fund that fund, once you've done that, then just put that extra money. Let's say it's 150. Put it toward debt. That yeah. month, yeah. maybe next month, you'll be able to do it again. Maybe you'll do it for several months. But every once in a while, you'll have to use that money from that stability fund to get through something. And when you do, then you have that 150 consistently going back in. 
So that's really why it's important to have it part of your budget. Yeah. So you first want to get that one month of living expenses into your stability fund. Keep saving that 150 a month. And maybe you're just putting it into savings, but maybe you're taking that 150 at the end of the month. If you haven't spent it, if you haven't run into anything that you needed to stabilize in your budget, then you've got that extra 150. You toss it at some debt or long term as you've paid off debt. Then we begin to say, okay, let's look at building a three to six month stability fund. And that provides a smooth transition from one season to the next. And this is when you go through a job layoff Mm -hmm. or a job transfer. And maybe uh, you didn't get laid off, but maybe there's just two weeks of paycheck that was missing because of a transfer from state to state, Mm -hmm. or you move from one company to another where you weren't laid off, but you chose to leave a company to go work for another company. Uh, There's so many different things that come up here. A medical emergency, uh, having to be out for maternity leave, uh, and just other unbudgeted items, things that maybe go a little bit in the excess on your month to month or things that you just had never thought of. And now that they've happened to you, you're going to put them into your budget right. and you're going to track them right. and you're going to go ahead and create that monthly plan that lives out annually, that annual plan that you manage monthly. But uh, this is why you've got to have that three to six month stability fund. Yeah. And I would actually challenge those who have a business, if they're entrepreneurs or self, self-employed, self to actually increase that even to a year's worth of income, especially if you're into sales or some kind of a business where it takes you a while to build that foundation of clientele or customer base. It may take you six, eight months to actually start having some consistent income coming in. And how nice would it be not to have that pressure of having pay bills every single month and at the same time build your business or build that that client base. So it really depends on the stability of a person's job. The more stable it is, uh, if there are two incomes in a household, then obviously that that plays into it as well. Because the chance of both of you being let go at the same time is probably nil uh, or, or very small. And so you can give yourselves a little bit more uh, grace there and not build that to six months or a year. Maybe three months is enough. For Natalie and I, we found that over time we just came to a dollar amount and that seems to be enough for us. Because our lifestyle has stayed pretty capped to where it is today. And it's been there for probably the last 15 years. Now, there's small increment increases, but nothing large. And I think that's where everyone will eventually land where they're the safest. They'll realize if it's too much or not enough because they'll either be running short or they'll have so much money in there that they're never touching. And I think that over time, people can determine what that is. That's right. So you've got several different levels of savings. When we say that you should uh, save before you spend, you've got the short-term savings, and that's really more stability. And that's what we're talking about right now is making sure that you've got the one month of living expenses, continue to save at least $150 a month into an account, grow that over time to three to six months, one year, if you're self-employed or if you're in a high turnover sales type position Mm -hmm. or a commission-based position. Then you go from short-term stability savings into midterm, which is more replacement savings. Right. And this is where you're looking at saving for down payment on a house. Yeah. And and that is something where you're going to look at 10% down, 20% down to avoid private mortgage insurance. So that would be under a midterm range savings goal, car replacement, saving up to replace your appliances and furnishing. You should have money saved in a home account that is set. It's basically another stability account to make sure that when the appliance goes out, you can go back out to the to the store, pick up another appliance, reinstall, or fix it. Maybe it's just an easy repair. Mm-hmm. But uh, you need to have that money set aside. So anything that will be need be needing to be replaced in two to five years fits in that midterm. And then long-term? Yeah, long-term, this is what we're talking about, retirement. And it also could be things like 
you know, you've got a couple of weddings coming up <laughs> and that you're paying for. Uh, that that could be five months away, could be five years away or 10 years away. So uh, it could be retirement. It could be that. It could be college savings for yourself or for your children. But really, when you think of long term, it's probably anything over five years or further into the future. And we would say, make sure you prioritize your retirement savings. Sometimes people make the mistake of saving for their kids' college, but but not saving for themselves. And uh, I know that the kids' college is important, but you're probably more important because they'll have more time to to recover, so to speak. You won't. And uh, so just think about as this long term as more retirement and then other things that will come in the next 10 to 15 years. That's right. So we're always going to recommend that you save before you spend so that you experience stability today. Mm-hmm and in the future. And that right. stability is so key uh, for emotional purposes, uh, for relationship purposes, and just for your own sanity, knowing that, okay, I can go into the marketplace, I can go to work, I can start a side job, I can begin to do other things if I've got that stability where I'm not worried about losing my home, I'm not worried about not being able to make the payments, I'm not worried about all these little things that will pick and pull at you. Start that one month stability fund first. So again, you're always going to start by spending on purpose, living on a written plan, tracking your expenses, creating a net worth statement once a year to see where you're at. Then you're going to save before you spend. Start with that one month of living expenses in your stability fund. Mm -hmm. Begin saving about $150 a month into an account every month that maybe you don't need to keep adding to your savings, uh, but it allows you to just always keep that muscle flexed of learning to save and then grow that to three to six months. And then I think what we're going to do is look a little bit more in the next episode at what it looks like to increase your financial margin. Right. So that's step number three. And then step number four is to invest wisely. And so we're going to break that down a little bit in the next episode. Leo, anything else that you want to add on here? Yeah. The only other thing that I'd really like to mention is when it comes to this long-term savings, we are going to touch more on it. But our purpose has been and always will be to free people from the burden of having to worry about money all the time. This is something that you and I, David, have confessed had a grip on us. I mean, money was an important thing in our lives. It, it became too important to us that we were willing to sacrifice things that we valued more in order to have the money. But it was a, unfortunately, it was a wrong perspective, thinking that money was going to lead to happiness. And we know that's not true now. Right. Money is important, though. You cannot deny the fact that without money, life can be really, really difficult. With money, life could be very easy. But it doesn't necessarily make you super happy because you have a lot of money. Right. Money is not going to bring happiness, but not having enough money can make it very difficult for you and your family. So our desire is that you have financial stability, that you are financially moving in a right direction, that your net worth is continuing to increase, not for the purpose of money, but because it does give you that freedom and that happiness and that perspective and attitude of life is good and I can go do the things that I really want to do. And I was listening to a podcast just today, and this particular woman was talking about happiness. And it reminded me, that's what we all seek. We just, we're seeking to just have our lives full of happiness. And whatever that looks like to each person individually, it's, it's different. But money does touch every area of our life. And so the reason we have done this show, the reason we do the podcast, is to help people along a journey. So this four-step financial journey that we're laying out for you is to help you get to that place where you can realize that, hey, I'm put on the earth for something important. And I don't have to worry about money. I'm doing all the right things with it, and I'm going to have enough. And you can have the contentment you want, all those things, so that you can really focus 
on doing the things that you're really meant to do because you have a purpose. You have something to contribute, and we want that to be coming out of you and helping other people around you. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, but really uh, in the next episode, we're going to go even deeper in order to help you understand how do I go to that next level to actually pursue my purpose and live a purposeful life. Yeah. So what you want to do is go ahead and jump on to leosebo.com. Look at the resources because everything that we're talking about is going to be there and you can just click and download the annual plan and then go through and manage your budget monthly. You can look at what it means to track your expenses and to budget like a ninja. And then you can just plug in and see the past episodes. In the next episode, we're actually going to talk about several episodes that we've talked about a lot of this in the past Mm -hmm. and really point you to some of the resources and tools that we've already created and used. So be looking at leosabo.com, check out stewardshippastors.com and go to the Jesus on money section. You know, we're talking a lot about, you know, happiness and joy and purpose. Well, your true life's purpose and the deepest joy that you can experience comes from walking out that Christian life. And so I'm going to point somebody that's a Christian to say, okay, look at what Jesus said about money and allow that to wash away some of the things that we see in society and some of the things that hold us back or mm. turn us towards things that don't that don't really fit. So um, I'm not going to jump on this episode and share a bunch of scripture, but what <laughs> I am going to do is point you to that book because it'll take you towards a deeper, deeper level of contentment, right. a deeper level of purposefulness. So uh, we love spending time with you guys. We love this idea that you really can live out a purpose-filled life and that there are four basic financial steps to that purposeful living. Yes. And so we're going to continue those four steps in the next episode. We'd also like to just mention that now that we've reached 70 episodes, this is actually our 72nd, we did a short video that we put on all social media channels in order to encourage you, our listeners, our loyal listeners, to help us out. We are at about 93 reviews right now uh, on iTunes, and we'd love to get to 150. And we have always closed out the show by asking you to you know rate and review our podcast. We would really love for you to be able to do that. If you just take a minute and go find either me or David, uh, find our Facebook page or our LinkedIn page, and you'll see this post. And we would just love for you to follow that link, go to the iTunes Apple podcast, and just give us a review. Um, give us whatever you think we're worth. We'd love to see a five-star rating if we've earned it, but really we just want more people to have access to this podcast. And if you'd go ahead and do that for us, if you'd review and rate it, then that would increase the algorithm and would help us to reach more people. So would you do that? Please go out there um, and do that for us. That's right. That's right. We we looked at it and we had 88 five-star reviews before we started this push. And just in the past couple of days, we've already gotten five more. So it means a lot to us if you'll go on there rate what you honestly believe. We want to hear you know, real feedback, right. uh, but we are honored when we do receive a five-star feedback. Yes. And so we'd love to see that. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. And so the reason we have done this show, the reason we do the podcast is to help people along a journey. So this four-step financial journey that we're laying out for you is to help you get to that place where you can realize that, hey, I'm put on this earth for something important and I don't have to worry about money. I'm doing all the right things with it and I'm going to have enough and you can have the contentment you want, all those things so that you can really focus on doing the things that you're really meant to do.